0: things Archie.
1: Archie's here. Betty's here. Veronica too. Reggie's here. Hey Jughead, where are you? Come on, let's go with the Archie show.
0: Welcome to Archie Digest, the Riverdale podcast. This is a podcast that's about a story that's about a town. And tonight we are talking about Chapter 11, To Riverdale and Back Again, which is not the same thing as that god-awful TV movie we watched during hiatus. Uh, I'm Chris Hayner.
1: I'm I'm Craig (laughs) (laughs) Byrne. And I'm Russ Burlingame.
0: Oh, you guys. uh, I don't know if you know this, but FP is in jail.
2: And that's not cool. And I feel not really guilty, but I was totally trolling when Michelle was on the other week. I'm like, oh, they would never (laughs) put FP in jail, would they? When I had totally seen the episode. So,
1: sorry, Michelle.
0: This is payback for Scream. He was a murderer.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I had not seen this episode yet, but because of the way that the episode 12 synopsis is worded with a shocking arrest... As soon as you said, oh, they'd never put him in jail, I knew for a fact. I was like, well, that's how Eleven ends.
0: <laughs> <laughs> also, we should say, if you hear wind chimes in the background, that's because we're all sitting on the porch having a sweet tea and relaxing. Or uh, Russ is recording on his front porch tonight, and I kinda, I'm kind of, i kind of loving the, uh, the ambiance.
1: Yeah, yeah, I... Uh... My sister-in-law is back in town from Australia and the the room that I usually had been recording in because it was like far away and remote and I wasn't going to wake up the children uh, is where Angela stays. And so now that she's back, I don't have that room anywhere in the house where I can wake people up doing this at 1254 at night my time.
0: I mean, I feel like the the natural solution is to uh, make your sister sleep
2: on the porch. Down Under, that's where people say Biddy. That's true.
1: That's true.
0: (laughs) Oh, is she close personal friends with KJ Apa?
1: Uh, Isn't he from New Zealand? Yeah. I don't know. That would be like asking us if we're friends with Canadians.
0: I am friends with Canadians. They're lovely
1: people. That's not offensive. But, I mean, we're not all connected. It's not Marvel. I I don't know whether... uh, I just want to know whether KJ Appa and Rose McIver are friends, because that stands to reason, doesn't
0: it? I mean, doesn't everyone want to be friends with a Power Ranger?
2: Also, Rose McIver is a very sweet person. I know this is no, a tangent. Totally. <laughs> and if they I mean, hadn't wait, already... Is, KJ not? is that what you're saying? <laughs> if she wasn't already playing a character on um, the CW with white hair, I would totally say she should be Sabrina.
1: Ooh. Yeah. I could I actually I did a, a like a fan casting Sabrina article for my site and it's so goddamn hard to think of like under like 25 or 30 that I know that, that aren't like either a massive movie stars who probably wouldn't do a network TV show or be already on the CW. Mm.
2: Well,
0: that's why they just keep finding new ones.
2: Well, apparently Dove Cameron who's a DC Comics or not DC Comics uh Disney star Mm-hmm. Uh, tweeted a link to your article, and now all the Disney fans are going nuts over it. And Archie even retweeted it. There nice. Are
0: Disney, there are Disney fans. Yeah. Interesting.
1: I, I had so, no idea. That, I, 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 I never like once I once I release my stories like a bird into the into nature, I very rarely know if they get any kind of traction. But I find it well, weird because you, there guys, are people. Curious question.
0: Yeah. What is Dove Cameron? Is that like she, is that like a Disney Star a Disney Kids Star? Yeah, I think
2: she's in The Descendants maybe. Oh, I that's think that's like the right. kids of the evil villains thing. But either way, even like Madeline favorited her tweet, which I find a little odd. But, you know, some, that's, that's if thing. Doug Cameron shows up as Sabrina, well, it's already been spoiled.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Well, uh I, I don't think she was in my list, so certainly if it got that kind of traction off of her, uh, uh, then probably that, that's a, a piece of evidence anyway. I just yeah. looked
0: up Dove Cameron. She looks way too Disney to be Sabrina.
1: Yeah. Well, so
2: did Melissa Joan Hart. She looked oh, too Nickelodeon. If you type
0: in Dove Cameron into Google that one of the top stories is Dove Cameron fans want her to play Riverdale's Sabrina the Teenage
2: Witch.
1: Nice. So,
2: there we go. Um, So, should we get into the episode?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Take it away, Craig.
2: Oh, I get to take it away, because I've seen it the most recently. I watched it again last night. So, I'm trying to think, where did we start? Wow, gosh. This is the worst podcast episode ever. (laughs) 'Cause I don't have notes. I I'm trying to think like the
0: worst one was the one I'm not on, probably.
2: So no what? Offense, no offense
0: to Mimi who filled in well, I'm sure. I don't know. I don't listen to the show, I'm not a fan. Um, but I'm assuming the one without me was pretty terrible.
2: I mean, like, I know that, you know, obviously Alice is back. Not Alice. Yeah. Mary, Mary Andrews is back. Uh, there's oh, yeah. going to be a homecoming dance, and oh. she and Fred go together. And Alice has her little conversation with Hermione, and they end up all three going together.
0: That was weird yeah. because it was we- it was especially weird when a- Alice, right? Alice and Alice Andrews, Mary, Mary, Mary Andrews, and- Alice Gee, Cooper. People. There's too many people. Um it was it was very bizarre. Oh, because it was bizarre when Alice Cooper like accosted Mary Andrews at the dance and Mary Andrews was like, I gotta get back to my dates. I'm like, Yeah.
1: What? Yeah, What's I, I won't lie. I, I I really you know, with the little bit of stunt casting of, of Molly, I loved the idea of Molly Ringwald as Mary Andrews, but I, I never was like, Okay, yeah, let's make her a series regular and bring her back to Riverdale. Yeah um of like molly herself but after that scene i totally want her back all the time because i really like the idea of somebody who can just like shut alice down
0: oh really i went in the complete other direction i feel like for some reason at like i love a Grant. listen i love molly ringwald i've had a crush on molly ringwald like as far back as i can remember um but like so much i don't know if her it's that her dialogue feels full like some of it just feels forced where I'm like, yeah, with so much going on, it feels like they're like, oh, so we're gonna shoehorn in Archie's mom just because? Look, it's kids. It's Molly Ringwald, and I'm like, we we don't have time for this. We have a murder to solve. Like, there's maple <laughs> syrup everywhere. Like, we, we gotta get, we gotta keep moving.
2: Well, speaking of keeping moving, uh, we've got at this homecoming dance. Cheryl wants to be the queen. As Cheryl does, and she wants to bring Polly with her, and there's all kinds of stuff going on with Polly snooping around. And we see that Clifford Blossom has a selection of like wigs. He's like Lex Luthor or something.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's the creepiest thing. Because correct me if I'm wrong, they were all the same. But Cheryl said like he has one for every occasion. And Should his natural hair color day. matches
2: Sheriff Killer.
0: Oh god damn it. Really? Maybe they're <laughs> brothers. Is this? Are we doing this already?
2: Yes, we are.
0: Ugh.
2: But like, I'm pretty I sure have...
0: this is the first time I've been on the podcast since like before vacation, huh? right? Yeah, I think so. Can you yeah. just give me a break? Bring me back happy.
1: <laughs>
0: <sighs> Damn it, Craig!
1: I had a, uh, I had a legitimate killer adjacent thing that I think won't offend you, Chris, because it's not a joke. And and this is something that... I might as well just bring it up now while we're on this, and then we can go back to what we were talking about. Uh, one of the things that I thought was really in the season was that you had both Betty and Jughead who just flat out confronted their parents outright about the possibility that they're the killer. Mm-hmm. Once Kevin knows next week that framed and that somebody planted that evidence. Do you think that Kevin is going to have that kind of, uh, do you think that's a conversation that's going to happen?
2: I think the more likely conversation that's going to happen in this week's episode is the notion that Kevin is dating a Southside serpent. I think that, I don't think Kevin and his dad have had that talk yet and his dad might not know, but I think his dad will find out.
1: That's fair. I, I definitely think that's in the cards. Yeah.
2: So, you know, both of them are guilty of doing something they've been keeping from each other, I guess is what I'm
1: saying. Um, uh, but going back to the, what you were saying about Clifford Blossom. Um, listening, And so I'm going to tell her that she needs to, like, like, spend 45 seconds with her ears shut. Because uh, there's a there's a thing. Okay, now, uh, is it just me, or is the Clifford Blossom thing very much a Leland Palmer? Like, the idea of uh, you kill your kid, and then overnight your hair turns white? Hmm. No, because he already was wearing wigs in the pilot. Was he, though? Because I remember that the... uh, um, about how much worse the wig got, at least. I don't know if it was... Yeah, a, I just assumed it was a different wig in the pilot. Yeah. But uh, it's it, it just one of the, it one of those things that struck me. I was like, oh, that's an interesting, you know, that that's an interesting thing for, for that trauma to, you know. And I again, with the pilot, I don't even know because obviously with the pilot, uh, by the time we, we caught in, I, I don't remember the f- flashback versus not. Of uh, of when you know whether we saw the Blossom parents before Jason was gone, yeah, I believe we did maybe episode.
2: No, I guess that would have been. I was thinking episode five, but that was actually a flashback with
1: Polly. Was yeah. it? No, yeah.
2: five or so. Six. I don't know. It
1: it it was just a weird thing that I uh I thought like, huh that that feels like a reference, uh. It, it just like to me, it felt very much like. And first of all, that's a thing that, like, you know, when, when trauma happens, your hair goes, goes all white like that. It's like a, a storytelling trope almost. But because of the partnership, so to speak, between uh, and Riverdale, it struck me as particularly like, huh, that's an interesting thing to happen. So,
0: are you going all in on the idea that it was what's his face?
1: I don't know. I, my my thing with this is, yeah. My thing with Clifford is, I'm not necessarily all in on it. Certainly, I've had other things, but I just whatever has come up with me in the last few weeks that I'm like, oh, maybe it's this person, maybe it's that, more compelling than Clifford. I haven't been able, like, I haven't been able to build a case uh, against anybody in the same way that I have with Clifford. And so I'm certainly, like, I'm not 100% sure that I'm right by any stretch, but I am pretty much committed to the fact that at this point, that's my theory, because I haven't come up with a better one in the interim.
2: Okay. Um I do think at the end of tonight's episode, we do need to just, like, put our cards on the table, who we think it is, and then we'll know who's right or who's wrong after Thursday.
1: That, and also, I, I do think we don't, we don't always do this. We've done it once or twice. But I do think there are some things that I would like to discuss and speculate about a little bit in the teaser for Chapter 12. But we can get to that after. Okay. Um, one of the things that you, you kind of touched on was, like, the actual homecoming. First of all, is it just me, or is Weatherby really a dick to Betty?
2: Yeah, I don't know why it was so imperative that she does that stuff if other people are taking care of it.
1: Uh, it it's weird because I actually just read a review, like an early review copy of the comic that comes out. We, you know, we're recording on Tuesday, May 2nd. Uh, the comic comes out on the 3rd, and then episode 12 comes out on the 4th. The comic that comes out on the 3rd... Earlier in the season, but it like you you see the scene where Weatherby essentially recruits Betty to come on board and person in charge of the of the homecoming dance. Mm -hmm. And even in the comic, it read like he's just a dick to Betty. Maybe that's just the dynamic. Hmm. Uh, I I kind of felt like it's it's I, I. I almost felt like not that Weatherby has changed dramatically since the last time we saw him when he seemed like a pretty reasonable dude. I feel like there's something there where he's just like, he takes Betty for granted because she's his like personal assistant, you know?
0: Yeah, I could see that.
1: But it's, it, it's a he, weird dynamic.
0: character. We don't...
1: Yeah, I hope that we get to see of... more... Yeah. Pardon? I hope we get to see a little bit more of him next year because I feel like... There's something there. I certainly feel like that's one of those those things, and I don't know if it's like the writers or the actor or both, but I feel like somebody has a whole lot more backstory than the, for that dude than what's actually ending up on screen.
2: Maybe he had a thing with the real Miss Grundy.
1: Huh. Yeah, <laughs> I'm <laughs> kidding, but, but the. uh... The dynamic between Hermione and Mary was really interesting. Like, it's kind of weird because, you know, we talked earlier in the season about how. That Fred and Mary were super estranged and that it was not necessarily good. And then there was that episode where Archie was just like, no, dad, it's fine. I'm fine. Mom's fine. Everybody's fine. You should date. You should be happy. This episode comes and it's very much like Mary's just like. No, screw you because you were dating my husband, and I'm just like, uh, okay, uh, I wasn't necessarily expecting it to be a, a thing
0: it's It's very bizarre the, like the honestly the, the just the entire portrayal of the Fred and Mary marriage or dissolution of marriage or whatever their relationship mm-hmm. currently is. It plays very. It plays very strangely, in that mm-hmm. it feels like it's just kind of normal to them. When clearly, a clearly, their son is making a bigger deal out of it than they are. Uh, it's confusing. Okay, so I, I come. I come from a family of parents who weren't together. It would be confusing if. If the mother comes back and is like, no, I'm going to the dance with your dad as a chaperone, as his date. Like, that's that's a confusing thing for parents to do to their kid who's still sort of processing the fact that they're not together anymore.
1: Yeah, and particularly because the drunk dial thing adds an extra wrinkle to that. First of all, the fact that you know, I've only been drunk dialed like twice in my life, but I very quickly knew that the person was drunk if your kid calls you shit-faced from the loudest party ever you Uh probably know especially when he starts talking about how you need to get back together with your Mm ex-wife that was something that was just not at all addressed like they apparently weren't at all concerned that as soon as they left town their son was drunk and probably throwing a party
0: yeah yeah they didn't really seem to like and i get it like it's Again, Archie falls into the trope of, like, stereotypical teenager. Yeah. Of, like, of course, his parents go out of town. He throws, like, a raging party, bro. So I understand why they wouldn't, like, totally lose their shit on him. But they yeah, seem, they that's seem fair. weirdly kind of okay with it.
1: Yeah, it just, it's, it, it avoiding that part of it. Weirdness of that whole thing, where, like you said, it very much, like, the way they were acting seemed almost designed to mess with Archie's head. Yeah, this poor kid.
2: Well, I also I liked the little snark, like uh, when Mary found out about uh, Archie and Veronica maybe being a thing. It's like, oh, like father, like son. You know, you're both
1: players. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure Luke Perry loved that line. Yeah. No, but
2: they are a lot alike, but it's weird because, um, you know, uh, Michelle is messaging us on uh, Twitter right now, and she's pointing out that, you know, she didn't really buy Fred and Mary as a former couple, and I kind of see that. The other thing that I find kind of weird about this show is, you know, obviously they all went to high school together, but I'm pretty sure that Molly Ringwald's at least 10 years older than Marisol Nichols.
1: Yeah, I don't I know mean, if that's
2: relevant. and loose with
0: the ages of everyone on these, like that. Yeah, that that I I feel like
2: that's fine. But she seemed older than everybody.
0: I think Luke Perry seems older than everybody. To be honest, like Marisol Nichols looks legit, maybe thirty years old, <laughs> with a yeah.
1: sixteen-year-old child. That's fair. fair. Although and, I mean and Cammy, now, Cammy and looks now, like a baby, so Yeah. Yeah.
2: Maybe that's and the blossoms clearly the blossoms. don't look like they went to high school the same
1: time as everybody else. No, no. No, they definitely although I mean they certainly have conflicts with everybody else, but I feel like with the blossom like I I kind of feel like the blossoms, I'm shocked that they that Cheryl and Jason go to Riverdale High. I feel like they should be at a private school anyway. Pembroke. Like, just the, the class of the family.
2: <laughs> well, maybe it was to teach them humility, which is something we'll learn about in Season 2. Like, why exactly they were really here. And or my dog we... just jumped up. So you might hear her jiggling around.
0: Or barking.
2: Kind of like your wind uh, chimes.
0: Well, ju- jumping back to this episode real quick, can we talk for a second about the milkshakes?
2: That was creepy too
0: i I mean, from the beginning, like you're just like, why does she keep bringing her milkshakes? Is she trying to kill her? Is this poison I mean eventually you found out that she she slipped her a mickey in one of them, but i it
1: feels like it
0: like am i wrong
1: it was it was super it is of course the weird like magic elixir where it can knock her out but not affect the fetus at all, yeah.
2: Yeah. No, I actually thought maybe there was a slight chance the Blossoms actually cared about her a little bit. And then when we saw that she was given the milkshake to put her out, it's like, oh crap. And I it's interesting because I, I think Cheryl now, do you do you believe that Cheryl thought she literally just fell asleep and skipped out until later when she kinda checked her out?
0: Cheryl is uh I feel like Cheryl very much operates under the ignorance is bliss rule where she goes out of her way to not learn the truth because she knows she's not going to like the truth.
1: Yeah. I think that's a pretty good breakdown of, and I think that that plays nicely into, the ways that she retreats into the comfort of her family when other things get hard. And then like when, when everything else, when nobody else is shitting on her, she's pretty open about how crappy her family is.
0: Well, meanwhile, I think it also helps to, it helps. Like, if you look at, look at the, uh, look at the dance, like you understand why Cheryl acts like queen bitch, because she's sort of, she's sort of fooling herself into believing that like, no, no, no! She is the queen of the school, and yeah, she knows in her heart that's not true. She knows in her heart that like her family life is totally effed, but she's able to she's able to delude herself enough to to where that sort of falls by the wayside.
1: Was it this week or last week that she like dismissed her posse and now she's basically it was totally last alone? Week. Last week, yeah. So yeah, that was.
2: It's just interesting because it's like, and also interesting when she's like, you don't think that because you have those babies that you're safe. And there was the whole shock of finding the ring to begin with, which I think is something that we need yeah. to discuss. Oh, and by the yeah, way, Marisol Nichols is 42 years old, which I thought she was like my age. So, yeah, she looks very good for 42 years old. Molly Ringwald is 49. Luke Perry is 50. This is all according to Michelle. Oh, there you go. And Gabrielle Carteris is 82. Who? Gabrielle Carteris? Yeah, I'm... And I am Ziering 70. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yes, so... is eternal. Machin will eternally look 30 and beautiful. Yep. Um, Yeah, so The Ring. Do you want to talk about that? Vader wants to My talk. dog clearly wants to
1: <laughs> Jingle Jingle Jangle. That which was an Archie song, Jingle Jangle. There you go. See it all connects. Just like Jeff Loeb talk. Oh, God, Jeff. <laughs> so why weren't you in
2: Hawaii this weekend, Russ? Uh I I, I don't understand the reference. Uh, apparently they did an inhumans press thing
1: in Hawaii. That has oh, nothing to do with Riverdale, you monster. Yeah, I know, but it's still all connected. Probably somebody from my site was there. I have no idea. I don't like. I don't oh, cover right. any of the Marvel stuff. I'm I'm officially like the DC TV and comics guy. Yeah, you're in Archie TV. Well, yeah, in Archie, I, I I have more than <laughs> just that role, but like of a DC staff and a Marvel staff, and the only time you're gonna see me covering marvel in a big way is when you get characters like the fantastic four where i'm the only person on staff who cares about them mm. human stuff is just not at all like it's it's literally just not even on my radar i i don't i don't watch agents of shield i probably won't watch in humans still it's on blu-ray no idea but do they even release the that?
2: marvel stuff on a blu-ray eventually i don't even know
1: I assume anyway. so. I mean
2: Ooh, okay. Staying on topic, I can't wait till Riverdale is on Blu-ray, because that's gonna look beautiful. It's true. It's very so There true. we go. Back back on topic. So <laughs>
0: I honestly uh, do the last time I bought a Blu-ray and I won't be buying anything anytime soon on Blu-ray.
2: Did did we still not talk about the ring thing? I can't remember. No, we still haven't gotten started on it. Ring thing do your thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, certainly, and again, kind of speaking to my long-running now theory that the Blossoms had something directly to do with Jason's murder. If this had come earlier in the season, this would have fallen under where, like, Hal Cooper stole all that paperwork. And I said, ah, it's way too early in the season for them to just give it up like that. And so I, I counted him out as a suspect because it was so obvious that he should be in. And, like... The thing with the ring is so incriminating that if it, it, if it wasn't, like, the week before come,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, I would 100% say, no, that's too easy. But coming now, I'm just like, oh, man, that, like, that not only plays into, like, my own pet theory anyway, but we're so close to the reveal. It feels like that's got to be... for it. Then hmm. I think they obviously are like hand in glove with whoever is so that you know kind of I think the the very first week that I said I thought Clifford Blossom was the killer I said something along the lines of even if he didn't pull the trigger I think that or or he could know if he just made a phone call and I, I think the presence of that ring pretty much confirms that part of the theory at a minimum
0: I don't think anything's confirmed until we actually see what happened
2: Nana Blossom did it. (laughs) Her and her witchcraft, and that's how Sabrina will come in.
1: That was actually a a thing that I was wondering. I I think I shot you this message at, like, 3 in the morning, Craig, while I was loopy. Um, uh, What do you think of the odds that we're going to see a version of Sabrina that's, like, cousins with the Blossoms? I (laughs) hope not. Just yeah. one of those weird, wacky things where I was just like, I could see them just for whatever reason connecting it through Nana Blossom. Well, maybe
2: Nana Blossom was part of the same coven as Hilda and Zelda.
1: It's true. Uh, excuse me.
2: But yeah, so. um... <clears throat> excuse me. So then we've got the whole thing What's about the- uh, Alice in the journalism office, and she's like, so- Betty and Veronica, you know. Obviously, the killer's not in this room. And then she starts grilling Veronica about Hiram. And then they start to kind of go after FP. You want to talk yeah. about that? Yeah, yeah. It's like
0: Alice, Alice, like, like, uh, oh, what deputizes Archie and Veronica to, like, we got to get FP. And they break into yeah. his house. Like,
1: yeah, this was a, and, and, it's kind of the thing that we were talking about off off mic before about the Flash, how like I felt like some of the things that bothered me tonight were Joe acting like a dick because the story needed him to be in a certain place. And I, I feel like that's kind of what happened this week where it was like – or er, Veronica and Archie, excuse me, let themselves be manipulated super easily probably well- just because they needed them to be there so that they could know – it
0: makes more sense. To, like the, the Veronica side of it makes a lot of sense to me. She thinks her father's involved. She's mm-hmm. trying to either prove him guilty or innocent. She's not close to Jughead, like at all. Like she, uh, she, like she's barely had any scenes with him. So, like Jughead isn't personally part of like her circle. Like, I yeah, understand but I don't Veronica think Veronica getting it. duped into taking part in it the Archie taking part of it, because, like, I just don't want Jughead to get hurt again, man. Like, that's so... Uh,
1: uh, see, so... for for me, though, I feel like Go was still kind of told in no uncertain terms that if you do this, it's going to hurt Betty. Yeah. And so, like, I, I just... I felt like it was kind of shitty all the way around. And like I said, I, I think that by the end of it, that the story was that they needed the characters to be there so that they would know that FP was framed. Mm-hmm. Right. Or was he? Dun, dun, dun. Well, that's the other thing is that like, I, I felt like the, uh, and this is totally independent of any theories or jokes or anything about this, but I, I, I felt like the way that it, like the camera focused on his hands, uh, uh, on, a. Uh, Sheriff Keller's hands when he was holding the the box, mm-hmm. I, I, it just felt to me like we were supposed to take it to mean that he was manipulating the evidence in some way. Oh boy,
0: you guys, not this but, again! But,
1: no, I, I'm again. Like, there's a, there's a difference between like going down the rabbit hole of the conspiracy theory of of making fun of you versus like just saying like cinematically the way that they shot that scene. I felt like it looked like that evidence was being manipulated in some way. Well, like, I hope that's not the case. Certainly, I think there's like there's an argument to be made that, like, well, maybe FP is not 100% off the hook because that gun, like, he could have brought it. Like, the, the weirdest thing about the, the idea that the gun exonerates him is the fact that if he had the gun, he goes out and murders teenagers. Mm-hmm. Isn't it likely that he carries the gun with him? So like maybe it wasn't there when you guys broke into his house because he wasn't there.
2: I don't mm. necessarily
1: think that it not being there is a is it a totally exonerating no. thing. But um, I yeah, I actually think it
2: will be though, because that'll be what makes Jughead forgive Archie and Veronica for being there. Because whatever they no, did absolutely. there will get FP off.
1: I, I agree totally. And I like I'm speaking in the like if I'm in the world of Riverdale. I don't know that I believe, like Bed or Archie and uh, Veronica, that that's an exonerating circumstance because it's just like, well, maybe he had the gun with him and then he came home. Storytelling perspective and from an audience perspective, I absolutely think it's an exonerate. Like I don't, I think that at this point you can pretty much take FP off the list. But
0: yeah. do you think FP had... So you don't think FP had any involvement whatsoever?
1: It wouldn't surprise me at all if he had some level of involvement. And, and certainly, again, I think that he is like – I think and I thought basically since episode two or something that the serpents are somehow tied in. I think FP knows who did it. Yeah, I, I, I think he either knows or, or again, I think that he, he doesn't know because he doesn't want to know because he, he figures that it's better for him not to. Uh, I can see that, but this does tie into a, a question about the trailer for Twelve that I wanted to kind of run by you guys.
0: Cool. I haven't seen the trailer for Twelve. I've um,
1: only seen it like in passings. So. Okay. Well, never mind. I can. I can.
0: No, I'm. I'm actually very interested in this. What's your question? Like, what? What is? Well, what's the question?
1: there's you know there's it's the cw so you have two different cuts of the teaser one of them's like 20 21 seconds long and the other was 30 both of them culminate with the same thing which is text on the screen that says you can't unsee a murder and then everybody is hu- is huddled around jughead's laptop it's the the breakfast club it's you know yeah. archie Betty, veronica jughead and kevin they're all huddled around Jughead's laptop, and they are watching footage of Jason's murder. Okay. You hear the gunshot, and everybody freaks out. Um, and there's a handful of things. You can kind of dissect the crap out of the, the – because, like, nobody seems utterly devastated, which to me kind of says, like, okay, none of your parents did it. Um, because I, I feel like you're, if, if it's your dad – who's pulling that trigger, you react differently than everybody else who's just seeing a kid get killed. Um, Hmm. But kind of moreover, the larger question I had was like, who the hell filmed that and why? And, And kind of the only thing that I could think of that made any kind of sense in my brain was the idea that what if Joaquin was the person who pulled the trigger and this was essentially his initiation into the serpents? But wouldn't Kevin have freaked out Arguably, yes, but you don't know where that relationship goes in the episode before you get to that point. Um, I, I, I certainly, like, and again, like, you're, you're right. Like, that was the thing, that was the next thought that occurred to me was, like, well, Kevin should have had some reaction. But again, like... It, Although, what if Joaquin's
2: the one that filmed it?
1: Yeah, there's that. Uh, well, I mean, that, that was the... Like, I don't know why anyone would have filmed it. The only thing I could come up with was that it was some kind of serpent, like, initiation thing. And so I mean, you need to, be, to film I mean, it to prove. be honest,
0: it could also be a hidden camera. It could be yeah. security footage from something. It, it could be any number of things where it wasn't literally someone holding a camera. The question is, how, who the hell got a hold of it, and why has it, if, how did these kids get a hold of it?
1: Why is it on Jughead's laptop?
0: Yeah, and not like, I don't know, on Sheriff Keller's laptop. Like, yeah. why do... Why don't the police have this video if it's showing a murder?
2: Well, well maybe. I mean, I, well, if Keller is the one who's doing the thing, he wouldn't keep it on his computer.
0: I mean, to be to be honest, I'm pretty sure Kevin would react
2: if it was his father.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Can we agree that FP stands for Framed Person? No, it stands <laughs> for Forsythe Jones the Third. Forsythe Pendleton. Pendleton. Yeah. <laughs> Pendleton, thank you. Also framed person. Yeah. I'll anyway, him. yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, so uh, we had.
1: But yeah, also, so that... can we talk
2: about how? Oh, sorry.
1: I was just gonna say. So that was that was my kind of big, like that last shot of the, and like the 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 teaser is kind of bananas because it's one of those like a you know MTV cuts. Like, there's probably 15 shots in a 21 second trailer. You know, some, somebody confronting uh, Penelope Blossom, like, because Penelope Blossom at one point in the trailer says, "Are you, are you saying that I killed my son?" Um, and also, there was uh, Hermione like crying in a door. Yeah, Hermione like crumples against a door, and and Veronica is like consoling her, which kind of gives me the impression that whatever's going on, Hiram is a coming home and B probably responsible for a murder. Hmm. um so but yeah i mean it it it, the the trailer itself was kind of bananas but that last like shot of like the actual murder being captured on film for some reason was the thing that really kind of resonated with me as oh what can we dig out of that um and so as long as we were kind of waiting in the direction of the serpents i thought i'd mention that um
2: I, I wanted to bring up something totally different, which was the music in the episode, particularly played mm-hmm. by Archie and Veronica. I really loved hearing Kids in America. Uh, it was really I funny. I a serious
0: problem with that entire scene.
2: Well, <laughs> before you get to it, though, I thought it was really funny that at a, at the last Q&A they had, somebody brought it up to Roberto as a reference to Clueless, and he seemed a little confused. <laughs> but, anyway. Oh. What's your problem with
0: it? All right. So Mama Archie comes home. She's like, I hear you're a song or a singer now. He's like, yeah, a songwriter and a singer. You should come to the dance. Like, we're going to play music. I'm a songwriter. Come to the dance. We're going to play music. He plays one song, and it's not something he wrote at all. Well, that, because they told him so, not to play his songs because
2: they're depressing. Oh, stuff
0: like that. But stuff like that bothers me because you're set, You're setting up. You set up the idea of Archie being a singer songwriter, and then just have him do covers. And I understand why you do covers. It's a very upbeat song. It's like a very like rah rah, let's dance like crazy song. But then just don't include that songwriter line earlier in the episode, and it won't seem so out of place. It seemed very strange to me that songwriter Archie got on stage to play a cover.
2: But, I mean, he could tell his mom after. It's like, yeah, they didn't want to hear my songs. Because it made them want to blow their heads off. <laughs>
0: that
2: the, that Archie's that. songs <laughs> killed Jason Blossom.
0: But they didn't do that. That's the thing. They just they were like, oh, it doesn't matter. We'll just, kids in America, go. And that yeah, was the but end. There, like, were, there like, was <laughs> other music
2: in the episode I liked, too. That wasn't the Archie's. I can't even remember I just, anymore.
0: I just wish they would pay more attention to like the little things like that. Like, it's, it's not hard. End of rant. Yeah.
1: I, 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 it didn't bother me as much as it bothered you, but it was definitely a thing that I noticed. And, and I kind of agree that corrects her when she says singer is, what, is, is the one and only thing that makes it an issue. Like... If that line wasn't in there, I wouldn't have thought about it for a second.
2: But then there's her trying to get him to come back with her to Chicago, implying that Chicago is so much safer than Riverdale.
0: Yeah, they're like, Riverdale's not safe anymore. You should come to Chicago. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) I love Chicago, but that's a crazy statement.
2: Yeah. Now, what was the other music in this episode, though?
0: Uh, the Riverdale fight song, mm-hmm. probably, whatever the
2: C-Cats sang. Which, yeah, it was nice to see Josie again for 30 seconds.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, not to count her uh, makeup tutorial.
1: That's brought true. To you by Cover we, Girl. Probably, we probably saw more of her uh, brought to us by CoverGirl than we saw brought to us by Warner Brothers Television this week.
2: Which is kind of sad because we like Josie and we like the pussycats around here.
1: Um, but Indeed, what I'm was, actually what uh, was the song? wearing my Josie shirt. Uh, nice. I was, I'm uh, wearing my Josie and the pussycat shirt.
2: What was the song that was played as they were rating FP's trailer?
1: I have no clue. I, I couldn't tell you. Uh,
2: but I know it was a good song choice, and now I feel like an idiot for not remembering. God, so
0: we, we are like right. winning I'm this podcast Frankfort. game today. It's messed up, dog. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm um, sure we, we've been getting tweeted at. I'm sure that somebody is probably helping us on this uh, as we speak, and that's yeah, not Michelle, singing. Betty, and Juggy.
2: You know, one of you, please answer. Let us know <laughs> what the song was, so I'm not a complete idiot. Yeah, yeah. Well, I still might be an idiot, but uh, I'll feel a little bit smarter.
0: I really enjoyed this episode that we got a little of in the party episode as well. Is the very much darker side of Jughead, uh, the yeah. like he, the 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 very not trusting. Uh, he he clearly has some bottled uh, anger towards females. Um, I as much as it bums me out, and I, I'm hopeful that he and Betty will work their things work their stuff out in the end. I appreciate that they're taking the time to explore this side of his personality as opposed to just kind of letting him just continue to be the, the weirdo guy.
1: Yeah, I feel like that was a good kind of antidote to what we saw in the party episode because what we saw in that episode was Jughead very much being a, a dramatic teenager and being like, I'm a lone wolf, I'm crazy. <laughs> And it's like, okay, dude, simmer down.
2: By the way, can we talk about FP cleaning himself up? I thought that was really interesting and seeing Jughead's reaction to that. That well, was way in the episode.
0: It's a dude who's clearly like, oh, my God, finally it's happening. My family's going to be able to come back together. And then it's yeah. immediately ripped away from him again.
2: I was going to go back to Toledo, but I decided not to because of you. Yeah. Maybe you can move to Chicago. Yeah, it's safer.
1: That is, it's, and again, kind of the weird thing of like, okay, for whatever reason, everybody's going to move from Riverdale this week. <laughs>
2: like, um, That'll be season six when the contracts are up. There you Everybody go. He's going to move
1: uh, away. I just moved to New York. Then Betty and Veronica could have gone to the Met Gala last night they
2: dropped the met uh they call it the met ball on the show but they dropped a yeah. met ball reference again last week when hermione came into the reunion she's like well it's not the met ball and it's like oh god here she goes now
1: yeah and well and i, <laughs> I last night when met gala was trending on twitter i like tagged cammy in some tweet which my my mentions have still not recovered because she favorited it <laughs> um, yeah, I I tweeted something about Veronica and the Met Ball as well. I'm and like, then actually, Lily on Instagram posted a photo, like a not a photo, a uh, like a Dan Parent drawing of the two of them in ball gowns, and hashtagged it for the something about the Met Ball, and tagged Cammy in it.
2: So oh, well. apparently,
1: we aren't the only ones making this joke. Yeah, you can kind of drink to that.
2: Like anytime somebody mentions the Met Ball, it's like, okay, take a drink.
1: More in the first couple episodes.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, so you had... And obviously FP was asking a lot of questions trying to figure out what Jughead knows. But also it seemed like he was trying to get Jughead to just drop it to get himself out of danger, I would imagine. To get Jughead out of danger. Yeah, and again, I think
1: that speaks to the idea that FP knows... know exactly who did it. I think he certainly knows what they're looking at. And I think that you're going to find out, you know, this week that FP was very much saying, no, get off of this because I know who this is and what they're going to do to you without wanting to be able to actually say that out loud. Yeah.
2: So that was a really good scene. And of course we had that really fun scene where uh Machinomics making pie. Yeah. It's always a good thing. And, Nobody gets uh, this time. Yeah, and uh, everybody, you know, FP's there, starting to get grilled,
1: and then uh, what's his face? Hal shows up. Yeah, it's kind of awkward. And uh, yeah, they took the awkward dinner conversation to a whole new level this in this this <laughs> one, and it was kind of great. And, and
2: again, it also I mean,
1: all came together, you know, which was yeah. cool. Well, and and for me, I guess because Alice goes almost completely unchallenged by anybody except for Betty most of the time. Or if she is challenged, it's like, you know, somebody slaps her, but it's over in five seconds. So to see people sparring with her this week and to see her kind of harassed and getting, you know... uh it, yeah, it was fun. It was a different side of the way that she's confrontational with people. And it was a different side of the way people interact with her. And so like seeing her try to FP into a corner and then FP be like, you think I'm stupid? And that I didn't know you were doing this all night was, was a nice touch.
2: But also, you know, there were more references to like their past. And we heard about, yeah. you know, the I think they called them the king and queen of hell or something like that for uh, Hal and Alice. And it's like, yeah, I would like a flashback episode. You can have little Archie and all that. And my dog just yawned at everybody. So my dog's not
1: feeling it. There was a little Archie reference in this episode, actually. Oh? And again, it was just Archie. I can't remember what he said, but he said something about oh, and little Archie was so happy, or something like that. And the only reason I really remember it is because when he said it, I tweeted, like, all caps, hey, another another little Archie reference, and Archie Comics retweeted it, like, immediately. Nice. But uh, I don't even remember what was said. I just remember the context of action out of it, and then immediately having Archie retweet it.
2: Yeah. So, um... Going forward, we ha- we had all this go down, you know, with them going to FPs. They leave the trailer. Then FP goes back home. Cops arrest him, and then everybody comes outside. Oh, Betty sees her mom and Veronica talking, and doesn't like it much.
1: Yeah, that's probably. Yeah, what I mean I that mentioned. that came to a head before the arrest, yeah. obviously, yeah. because you need a Jughead kind of scene when everybody else finds out.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I mean, Jughead, you know, he sees everybody just standing there talking. He's like, wait a minute. I feel like I'm left out. And then, of course, you know.
0: Yeah. It turns out he's better off being left out.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And now
1: he's going to jail. For a week. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, one major thing that we uh, have not... Circled back around to yet that I, I feel like we should mention before we like move up, move on here is we talked about the ring we didn't talk about the ultimate disposition of the ring is is that Cheryl has she, it now that that she she lied to everyone and told them that she got rid of it um, also how mean was it when she called Polly Gollum <laughs> <laughs>
0: that was a, that was a great Cheryl line
2: yeah.
1: yeah. But I, you know, I liked it because it was one of those things where there's the scene where you know Clifford asks her, "What did you do with it?" And she tells him, I had to get rid of it, basically." And he says, "Great job! I knew I could count on you," and gives her the validation that she so desperately wants from her parents. And then, you get next time you see her, uh, she's got it in her hand. And I just remember that, like, during the episode, tossed it. And I just, I was like, nope. Cheryl's not stupid. Either A, she wouldn't consider it to be a key piece of physical evidence, in which case she wouldn't get rid of it, because why? She would consider it to be a key piece of physical evidence, and there's no goddamn way that she's parting with it then.
2: Right. Right. And I do. You do think she does suspect her parents now, right?
1: Are we? In agreement I, I on think that, that y- y- she pretty much so. has to. No, no,
0: no. I, Again, I think Cheryl is easily deluded. Uh, she's easily disillusioned, mm-hmm. uh, and it's like I, as much as it, be to viewers. I think there's something in Cheryl that makes it almost impossible for her to truly believe that, that her parents would do something like that to the family. Cause she prizes being, she prizes the blossom family name above everything else.
2: Even like, though her parents were absolute shit to her. Absolutely. And that's why Jason was the only one to protect her.
0: Yeah. But, but, but being, being a blossom is literally all she knows. Like, she's very, she's very, I don't know, I, I, like, uh, but I just, I don't know, man.
1: I, I still, I think that the fact that she still has, like, I I think the fact that she lied to them about it and that she still has that, she's at least suspicious. Like, I I don't think that she necessarily believes they did it, but I, I think that it's hard to, you could just make the, like the counter argument that she's just golluming it herself that, you know, this is the only chance she's ever going to have to have this.
0: Well, I think she could also look at it as like a final connection to Jason. Like that ring was given to Jason mm-hmm. to give to his true love, she considers herself in a not gross way, Jason's mm-hmm. true love. Yeah.
1: I just I I don't know that I necessarily buy that it's that simple. I I I'd like, dare you. <laughs> There's
2: there's another piece of Riverdale news that I wanted to discuss before the final two episodes air and russ hopefully you'll offer your theory that you told me about this which is ross butler is being recasted as reggie now we haven't seen reggie in a while but you had an interesting thought about that would you like to share
1: it with everyone russ i do
0: too 13 reasons why i should not get a second season that's a fucking mistake
1: that i i I could i could be (laughs) on board with that but (laughs) that's my uh, thoughts go ahead well, my, my thought was, I I and I, I'm not even sure I would call this a theory because I, I don't necessarily believe it, but I certainly think it's worth at least entertaining the notion that the reason that we got, well, we're saying goodbye to Ross and we're going to recast and then we didn't get a recast is because, in fact, maybe Reggie could be the second death and that they basically wanted to get out ahead of Ross signing on for another show somewhere and it looking obvious. Uh, partially, that's driven by the fact that in the comics right now they have this uh, over-the-edge story where they seem to be intimating that they're going to either kill or maim Reggie Mantle.
0: I think that would be a mistake, man. For the show to get rid of Reggie without really taking advantage yeah. of having him,
1: I think so too. I'm just I'm wondering whether it's a possibility. Also, well, no, Reggie, me. Outdated. Say again? Yeah.
0: Then our theme song will be outdated. Yeah,
2: for a podcast. That's the important
0: thing.
2: Yeah. No, you know it would be a very Reggie thing to do. You know, from the comics. And please know I'm joking. For him to show up in season two, tear off a tear off a Russ, but, Russ Butler mask and be like, "Hey, you guys, you know I was fucking with you with this fake face," <laughs> and you know, uh, hand wave it. I know they won't, but I would, so, say, Reggie I would, would totally do that in the comic.
0: I will say I, ho- I hope they recast another Asian actor, because I thought that was a really cool thing to do. Like a, It was a really I, interesting way to go about it.
1: Yeah. I don't think you could not. I mean, you, you can't... Yeah. You would think you could not, but Marvel makes lots
0: of Netflix shows all the time, and they tend to make very questionable decisions that you Except for
1: wouldn't make.
2: Danny Rand is yeah, a white guy in the
1: comics. Makes... Like, but... <laughs> Even even though, even ignoring that, like, there's just, a, like, this one, the dude's already been cast. Like, if he was set to suddenly become yeah. white... That would be really would be offensive. To notice. Of like, characters in-universe to notice that, hey, why are you white now? Yeah. Treatments. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, treatments.
2: Well, also, speaking of recasting, uh, Michelle pointed out to us, which... None of us noticed they changed Dilton on us.
0: Did they really? When did Dilton come back?
2: He was at the um, house party. Mm -hmm. But he also... The the Dilton from episode three was the same Dilton as the house party, who was not the Dilton in the pilot. Yeah,
1: I hadn't noticed at all. The current
2: Dilton's first name is Major, so he could be on iZombie. There you go. Although, I yeah. doubt
1: anybody has the name as cool as Major Lily White. It's true. Uh,
2: yeah, that's true.
1: But yeah, uh, so I'm curious where they're going to go with that.
2: Um, I mean, you you almost can't have the Archie gang without Reggie, and it's kind of sad that we haven't had much Reggie, but I thought Ross I, Butler was such a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. it kind of it, sucks. It's, it's I do they're going
0: to kill him. That would, be, that would be so weird. I hope yeah. they don't
2: kill him.
1: I uh, I know that uh, Michelle had asked us ahead of time to talk about like possible of choices to cat to recast. I I I feel like other than Sabrina, or like if there's some other major char- like ancillary character who I'm not thinking of, Midge. I kind of feel like the, the choice, the odds are really good that all the teen characters are going to just be relative unknowns. Because I mean, yeah. Rappaport did such a fucking phenomenal job stalking with people you've basically never heard of, except for Cole. Ooh, I, I want to see who's going to play so Midge.
0: Dove Cameron plays Reggie. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start. I'm that. into it. Let's trend it. That's suddenly he'll say, be
1: right. Suddenly he'll be he'll he'll be white, but he'll also be a she. So it'll just baffle the hell out of everybody. They yeah, have Regina Reggie for Regina, yeah for Regina. There yeah, you go. and you know there'd be something kind of progressive about the football captain being a girl. Sure. <sighs>
2: yeah. Hopefully, oh, we've really gone down pitch. a rabbit hole.
1: Um, it, that's actually the
2: the. Well, I'm okay. I'm kind of, had, of in a weird way okay with pitch ending because now we know we have a Hiram. But that's a spoiler. Well, Are I mean, we going to be I talking about spoilers?
0: I mean is that a spoil? is having Hiram a spoiler? They were pretty loud loud about it this week.
1: You know, I, I mean for historically if something has been like, like actual headline news, okay. Not like something crawling around on the Reddit thread or or set spy photos or like if you're talking about something that was on the front page of TV Line or whatever, I I feel like it's not a, it's not a spoiler. It's just like it's fucking casting news. So um, we
2: can talk about the fact that Mark Consuelos is Hiram for season two, and he'll be a series yep. regular. And he I looks nothing like he did in the comics?
0: I don't like it.
2: Of course, nobody looks like they do in the show in the comic. I know. Archie is, is, are, I mean, you saw, you saw Archie's muscles in the one shot? It's like, yeah, no, that's not KJ. I mean, not that KJ... Wow, I just suggested that KJ doesn't have muscles. Obviously, that's not what I meant. I'll just shut up now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I feel about the Mark Consuelos thing. Mostly because I've seen Mark Consuelos act, and he—he, he, it's not great.
2: Well, um, neither was Molly Ringwald this week. Let's be honest.
0: If you disparage Molly Ringwald in my presence again, we will <laughs> Now, um, yeah, I don't. I, I have faith. I have faith in uh, the producers picking someone right for the role, but man I feel very, very on edge about that until I see it in action.
2: I still think I still think that Hiram should be played by Rogelio from Jane the Virgin, but as Rogelio. That's because I mean he acts on the CW on the show in Universe. It could happen. Sure.
0: I'll take that. <laughs> 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 Michelle liked about, my Robin, Molly Ringwald comment. Russ? Say again? How do you feel about Mark and Suelos? Uh,
1: you know, I'm indifferent. I'm kind of in the same spot you are. I, I haven't loved him in the stuff that uh, in the stuff that I've All seen my children? in, but I haven't seen him in a lot, so I'm kind of... Uh,
2: yeah, well, uh, we do have a special guest on the next episode. I don't want to announce who it is. Just me? in case something goes wrong. More special than you, Russ. It's true. It's true. Or you, Chris, I mean.
0: Not not more special than me, though.
2: I mean, you ha- yeah, I mean this person actually got to make out with a character on Riverdale. Which See you me? haven't yet, as far as I know. Listen, you know, maybe you know made Alice. out with Alice Cooper, but you know. We hugged. We hugged. She actually, okay, Majin is so sweet at the press line, which is why our podcast is late this week. One of the reasons is I was at the Riverdale press line for uh, Paley last week. And unfortunately, I didn't get Majin for an interview. But when she said hi to me, she like walked by and gave me like a pat on the back. It just was very sweet, very familiar. And I appreciate that. Like the cast seems so friendly. And I finally got to meet Casey Cott for the first time. So that was nice, too. True, and yeah. I asked him if a Keller could be the killer. And, of course, he won't answer me. <laughs> I also asked him Sheriff Keller's first name. I can't remember the answer, but I'm trying to figure out Adobe Premiere so I can post those videos before Thursday.
1: I, I'm pretty sure I, the case I remember the IG answer channel. he gave you, but I, I, won't blow the, uh, I, won't, I won't blow the quote before you get your videos up. What the hell? What is it? Sheriff? <laughs> oh, okay.
2: just uh, sheriff?
0: I just want to know.
2: <laughs> no, I I I really don't remember his answer completely. I think he did no, make that- a variation of the his first name and Sheriff joke.
1: Yeah, he did. That's because you you told me about it like fifteen minutes after you came home.
2: Okay, good. Cause yeah, that night was a blur. And uh <clears throat> yeah, I didn't get Cole either and I didn't get uh Madeleine, but I got everybody else as far as I know. So Oh, no Luke Perry either. But, you know, so I didn't get to ask Luke about, you know, Fred being the killer. I don't think Fred's the but, killer. But, yeah, so before we're done, on that, um, you know, before we finish for the night, we should probably put down our final bets on Who Killed Jason since it's going to come out on Thursday.
0: And you know what? Yeah. I'm going to take, so take it one step further, actually. Who do we think pulled the trigger? Because like it's it's easy enough to say Clifford did it, he paid someone, or Hiram did it, yeah. he paid someone. But like, who was the actual trigger person that who actually killed Jason Blossom?
2: Oh, I see where you're going with that. So, so like Clifford could have been like, behind it, but he the, might not have done it. That's
0: yeah. That's all the conspiracy in the ball. Well like, I want to know who the trigger man was.
2: Sheriff Keller. No, um. I still, like, no, in all seriousness, I don't know why I'm getting these Fred vibes. Because nobody expects it to be Fred. Everybody loves Fred. But, you know, he did screw over FP one time. And he did randomly fire FP. Maybe that was just a whole thing to, like, put on a ruse that they had issues between each other, but they really didn't.
0: You don't ever gamble, right?
2: (laughs) I, I, I'm just being like the Riverdale equivalent of Alex Jones right now, except for I'm allowed to see my kids if I had any, but um, yeah. Uh, who do you guys think it is? Ooh.
0: What do I think the trigger person was? Yeah. yeah. Let's see. Miss Grundy. It's the last yeah. chance I'll ever have to accuse Miss Grundy of killing Jason, you guys.
2: Aww. That's true. No, if I mean, we're pretty sure Grundy's not coming back, but she still could have been the one that did it. I mean, then she would
0: be on the tape that they watch.
1: Yeah. Which, oh, again... Don't. And since they... everybody in that room knew that Archie banged her, I kind of feel like all eyes would go to Archie.
0: <laughs> what? If, wait. Oh, my God, you guys. What if Jason
2: shot himself in the head?
0: <laughs>
2: That's like Cartman's mom is
1: Cartman's dad. Yeah, I don't know. Who do you think it is, Russ? I, I really don't know. Again, like with the I I my best answer has been th- that I I believe that he got stuck in the crossfire between Hiram and uh and Clifford. I don't know who I think pulled the trigger. I think the big thing that, that I still kind of feel is that I, I think we've got to find out the person who kills him and the person who pulls the trigger is not the person who kidnapped him. Like I, I think that the serpents might have him. kidnapped him. Yeah, exactly. That kind of like the, the the scenario where the serpents kidnap him, somebody who's messing with serpent business stumbles across him and he gets killed because he's now a material witness to something bad. Um so to me like that like if I had to just put money down on like, okay, who pulled the actual trigger? Uh, uh, I, I feel like I would probably still say Clifford because I just can't think of a better candidate. I think it's really unlikely that he's the one who pulled the trigger. I think he would be more likely to be the one who ordered it, but kind of like we said that like the, the next best candidate I can come up with as just a trigger man would be like Joaquin. And, and I, 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 Again, as much as I kind of hand waved it at the time, I kind of feel like Kevin would have more of a reaction if Joaquin was the one on the video.
2: And they all would I have agree. looked. O- they all would have looked over at Kevin the way they would have looked at Archie. Yeah. Fucking Miss Grundy.
1: Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I I'm gonna go with Clifford because I can't think of another person who I think is more likely to have done the who to have done it. Um.
0: I'm actually going to side with you on that because I don't think – I I honestly don't believe FP was involved in the killing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he was involved in some other aspect of whatever happened or if he got dragged into it afterwards or if he wasn't involved at all. But I don't think – I really don't think he was the man who pulled the trigger.
1: No, I agree. And uh, again, a lot of this – it's funny because a lot of these things have been like – opinions that I've just gotten more entrenched with over the last few weeks and it could easily be something totally different than I've thought of and I'll be like fuck that makes total sense and I wasn't paying attention because I was thinking about the Blossoms but uh, at, at the I moment am, I just I can't think of it I am really excited to find out
2: on Thursday who did it
1: yeah yeah absolutely
2: and I'm also excited for the finale to find out what the big bomb they're going to drop on everybody is because mm-hmm. like i asked kj last thursday i was like so what part of the finale excited you the most He's like i can't tell you because it's the big thing And i'm like okay so finale. we kind of had to do, yeah of the finale yeah. so
1: yeah uh that was actually the that right there is what made me think uh, you know the the thing that i kind of put out there as a crazy like hey do you think that the blossoms are related to sabrina um just because this is one i think i I think that we can say because it's not spoilery um during our our finale set visit madeline told us that the last time you see cheryl like the last shot of her character in this season is a what the fuck moment Hmm. and i was just like maybe she
2: goes to sabrina to resurrect jason
1: you know, I think we had this conversation because I feel yeah. like you put that out there at some point, and I can't imagine that you put that out there without uh, the comment that Madeleine made. Uh, so maybe we're yeah. retreading some ground, but I, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I i feel like if there is an afterlife element to the show, I really hope it's like they kind of were talking about originally where it's a Treehouse of Horror kind of out of continuity thing.
2: Yeah, I don't
1: want I, Riverdale to be a genre show.
0: No. I like, no. I like that they do... I appreciate that they do the things with, uh, like, dream sequences and whatnot.
2: Yes. Yeah. Which means we could get Josie and the Pussycats in outer space.
0: Yeah, exactly. Nah, they'll get spun off, let's be honest.
2: I, I really hope so, but Riverdale needs to get more than, like, 1.2 million viewers for that to happen. Well, that's not up to me. So... Uh.
1: It's up to me and my 1.3 million closest friends. No.
2: Yeah, you know, it's like if it were up to me, we would just have the Archie universe take over. Forget DC. You'd have like a Sabrina show. You'd have this. You'd have the Mighty Crusaders. Well, maybe not the Mighty
0: <laughs> Crusaders. No.
2: And I still, I want the photo op at Comic Con of KJ Apa with what's his face Shane from The Walking Dead uh, as Burnham. Punisher. John Bernthal, yes, I want to see the two of them in a shot together.
1: I'm into that. Yeah, either that or Punisher meets Archie. Or, as much as I, as much as I hate, I hate's a strong word. As as much as I don't respect reporters who show up to these things and like cosplay and dick around on camera, kind of feel like it, it would be worth it if somebody walked into the Riverdale press room dressed as the Predator. <laughs> I agree. Or Sharknado. But uh
2: Alright, well, why
1: don't we uh, I, I feel like uh, we we've exhausted ourselves. I know I'm exhausted yes. at two in the morning. Uh so why don't we go around the circle and uh, uh where can everybody find you? We'll start with Craig. Okay, you can find me at KSightTV.com um until I go down
2: business. Um, no, but, uh, yeah, you can find me there, you can find me on Twitter, at KSiteTV, also at RiverdaleTV, uh, and that's where I post my Riverdale stuff, um, I should be posting some Riverdale videos on my YouTube channel, which is also called KSiteTV, so that's where you can find me, um, I'm also on Instagram as Vader1206, if you want to see my ugly mug, and there you go, uh, how about you, Chris, where can people find you?
0: Uh, you can find me at chrishainer.com you can find me at chrishainer c h r i s h a y n e r on on twitter on instagram facebook.com/hainerwrites uh, instagram follow the water at waterworld water photos at water world photos on instagram because it'll make your life better and for the next 2 weeks i'll be writing about riverdale for the hollywood reporter so look for it there uh, Excellent. good stuff will be coming to it.
1: And for me, you can find my okay. writing comic book.com. You can find me on Twitter at Russ Burlingame, R U S S B U R L I N G A M E. You can also find me at ECV underscore podcast. That's the Emerald city video podcast where I, myself and people who used to work with me at a video store, talk about movies. Uh, our next episode, which I'm super excited about is going to be guardians of the galaxy. Volume two, And Big Trouble in Little China. Shame to admit, I had never seen prior to this podcast. So uh, that's going to be a lot of fun for us to break down. Very cool. I should point out,
2: uh, since you mentioned podcasts, I guested on the Always Hold On to Smallville podcast, which uh, you can find on Twitter at Always Smallville, but like just one S in the middle. Um, But it was talking about the Christopher Reeve episode, Rosetta, which was kind of a big deal back in the day. You know, back when, you know, most Riverdale viewers were about, like, three. Um, But, yeah, it was a good time, so check
1: that out sometime, too.
0: And while you're checking out... Does that
1: technically count? Oh, go ahead. I I was just going to say, does that technically count, Chris, as the Smallville reference for the episode? It has to.
0: Uh,
2: Yeah. If it doesn't, it's not. Yeah, Smallville is my Met Ball. So, Yeah. You know, Martin napping. Cummins played a villain on Smallville.
0: There you go. You're just that's two now. Stop it. Yeah, yeah. Calm down. I think he I
2: think he killed somebody on that show too. Oh boy, you're still talking. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening, everybody.
0: Well, wait before we before we sign off. Uh, while you're looking up whatever that Smallville podcast, what's it called?
2: Always hold on to Smallville.
0: Cool. Rate and review us. Not, don't rate and review them. Rate and review us on iTunes. Give us five stars. Talk about how cool my hair is. Talk about how great Russ and Craig are, I guess, if you want. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, just rate and review us on iTunes because that helps people find our podcast. And we like people finding our podcast. It's true. I, and like, I like people finding our podcast. I don't want to speak for Craig and Russ. They might not want anybody to find it.
1: And Craig we're going to be recording another episode. with family.
2: Oh, yeah. And then, now you're going to have to cut that, too. I, no, I'm you, just going to leave
1: that on as a mystery.
2: What
1: would <laughs> you say? I, I how how many co-hosts
2: it. has she burned through? I'm just leaving it at that. But, um, yeah, I totally forgot. Oh, I yeah. Um, so we'll be back later this week for another episode where we talk about episode 12,
1: Anatomy of a Murder. It that episode, uh, we're not going to record it right after the East Coast airing because uh, I write for a comic book website for a living, so I have to have to go see Guardians of the Galaxy that night. Um, I'm going to watch the, it on the East Coast. I'm going to immediately leave, go watch Guardians of the Galaxy, come back, and then we're going to try to record at like 2 in the morning my time when these gentlemen are just finishing watching the show.
0: Hey, Russ, can I tell you something? Sure. Guardians is super good
1: i'm i'm excited like oh. I, I said it that way that like, i have to just because like that's the nature of my job is that i have to like you know i work seven in the morning so i have to be able to walk into work knowing what happens so that i don't get spoiled as soon as i walk in the door uh-huh. it's, it, it's not our chip it's a marvel movie by by a stretch and so i'm super excited about the sequel
0: it is very very good you will enjoy
1: all right, cool. well, thanks, everybody, for listening to Archie Digest, a Riverdale podcast. We are a podcast about a story about a town, and about we will be Salma. back in – it's a different town.
0: Somebody <laughs> save me.
1: <laughs> but we'll be back in a couple of days.
0: Thanks Bye. for listening. No thanks for listening. How about <sighs> that? Get
2: her that? What are you going to do? All you right. Call Sheriff Keller. Oh, I
1: Archie Archie's here Betty's here Veronica too Edgie's here Hey Jugget, where are you? Come on, let's go with
0: the Archie show. Yeah, uh chapter eleven to Riverdale and Back Again.
1: That's right, right.
0: Look at me remembering stuff.
2: Which, which is a TV movie about an nope. old... Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope.
0: Nope. Ready? Yep. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the... Ru- oh, see, I already forgot what we're called. The Archie Digest. I'm sorry. <laughs> <sighs> Archie Digest, a Riverdale podcast. Okay.